On this week's episode of the Wealth Collective podcast, we take a look at emergency funds. So we look at why they're important, how much you should have in them, and also the best place to keep them. We hope you enjoy. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor and if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective Podcast. I'm Zach Masters and today I'm joined by Anthony Malvazo from AGM Advisory Group. How are we going, Anthony? Yeah, going great, Zach. Just uh, enjoying the new Melbourne weather. It's well, well and truly in the winter the last week or so. We had a nice east, we had nice Easter weather, but certainly uh, we're well and truly into footy in April weather. How about yourself, mate? No, I'm going good. Um, everything's pretty good. I'm getting used to a little bit of the cold. It's. I'm looking outside. It was pouring down rain before. I'm in the middle of the city, and now it's the sun's out. So it's classic Melbourne in full flight. We don't have Pete today. He's um. Looking after the kids, so it's just the two of us. We've got to steer the ship um, and take control. Wow. So um, it'll be good. You'll be up and about with your doggies. Four and zero. Oh, you know, four and zero, top of the ladder. I mean, can't complain. It still is early, and we've had a good run with injuries, but definitely playing an exciting uh, brand of football. And uh, I actually didn't go to Ballarat. So I. I got a little bit, a little bit of a cough, and I had a ticket, but it was about ten degrees and raining, and I thought had a, I was getting a little bit of a cough um, last week, and I thought that would just uh, ruin me. And uh, these days, you got to really protect, protect yourself, <laughs> otherwise you'll be uh, self quarantined for a while. But uh, we're going well. How about Adelaide's going pretty good yourself for yourself? I know. Yeah, I've been stoked. So I went to the game last week. It's nice to be back at the footy uh, again. It's the first time I've been in two years. So. Um, it's awesome to be back. Mm. It feels like the city's starting to get back a little bit more, back to normal. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be around the crowd, although I went to the Kangaroos Adelaide game, so I wouldn't say there was a huge crowd. <laughs> I don't think there was 13,000. <laughs> felt like um, there was 20 people there um, with the atmosphere yeah. there. Um, so on today, what we're going to be talking about is a topic that we kind of cover um, a little bit each week because it forms a, a really important part of any good financial plan, and that's talking about how much money you should have sitting in an emergency fund. So uh, news.com.au have just done a survey. So they've done a cost of living survey. Um, and what that survey showed is that most Australians have no savings at all. So they did more than 10,000 people responded to the survey and it asked readers about their biggest household money worries. And the survey found that only 38% of respondents had more than $5,000 in savings. So even that $5,000 is still quite a low number and we'll go on to mm. talk about why that is but this is quite damning as rainy day accounts um, is almost the first part of any good investment strategy that we look at as mm. financial advisors so I might get you to kick us off Anthony and go why is an emergency or rainy day fund important it's extremely important and uh, generally when you uh, Depends on the on the age of the client and their situ- and their wealth situation. You know, a bit more high net worth client. This may not be as as prevalent of, as as a topic, but for the majority of Australians, this should be one of the first uh, uh, talking points with any advisor client relationship. Because generally, you want to make sure you've got your cash reserves, your rainy day account. 
reason that's so important is uh, obviously if an unexpected expense, something from a small bill, such a, a bill that is bigger than what's expected, like an electricity bill, a speeding ticket, something that just, you know, you get in the mail, you get that bill shock. Or it can be something greater, like you know, you know, may need to uh, have some car repairs or home repairs that aren't on aren't on your insurance. And we, you know, I'm sure you've seen as well, Zach, that you hear these sad, these sad stories of like floods that happen more up in Queensland, and you know, a lot of t- a lot of time insurance it doesn't cover it. So that's a much greater expense. Um, the key point is you'll have the funds available depending on how big the expense is, and you won't have to go into debt. That's obviously most have credit cards, and that's maybe the a lot of people see that as the the uh, the rainy day fund or uh, you know available for these expenses. But it's much better if you're using your own funds; you don't have to go into debt. And finally, it has a tremendous effect on your mental health. There's nothing worse than being cash flow poor. Point in my life, I've been there. I'm sure, I'm sure most people have been there at some stage, where you know whether their own fault or or uh, other circumstances, but. It's really, it really does uh, have, an, have a negative effect on your mental health. There's nothing, there's nothing more refreshing than if you, something does come there that you do have the funds there. You don't have to go into debt or look at other, other resources to pay that bill. Yeah, that's it. The um, financial stress is a big thing at the moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of people doing that. And I think when you look through what we've been through recently with COVID, like a lot of people unfortunately lost work and income during COVID. And if you didn't have an appropriate mm. cash buffer, well, then you'd likely needed to call upon any investments you had during that time. Um, So this is where we look at like a rainy day cash or rainy day fund or cash buffer. It's really the first pillar of building wealth because without it, um, you're going to leave yourself open to potentially having to sell down or be forced to sell when something doesn't go right. Um, And that's what we never want. We never, ever want to be forced sellers when we're investing. And an appropriate cash buffer means that should never be the case. So obviously, like the biggest example of this was COVID last year when if you didn't have an appropriate cash buffer, a lot of people then accessed their super. Their super was at a low point in the market. Mm. So you're then selling a lot of the times at a substantial loss. Um, the market's up, what, 30% since you know mm. the low point back in Feb. Yeah. And you've missed that whole gain on the way up. And then that just continues to compound and put you further and further behind. And it's all from not having an appropriate cash buffer um so i think that really goes to the heart of the issue as to why it's so important because it Mm. is that baseline figure of making sure that you can start with that you have that in place and then from there you can grow because i don't know about you but when i we have clients come in um Mm. and wanting to invest in things like that the first question is right well what are your expenses how much do we need in the cash buffer because without that Mm. we can't really do an investment plan yep um likewise (laughs) Yeah. In terms of where people should hold the funds, what do you think is the best solution for this? Uh, something secure, obviously, because you may need the funds at, a, at the drop of a hat. Uh, I'd stay away from a term deposit personally, because, you know, you may need the If you need the funds, it may be break costs. And these days, uh, something like a high interest savings account, if you look around, it's not that hard to find something that has a similar rate of return than, than a term deposit. But definitely something that is accessible, earns the interest, but you can access at some stage. There may be, uh, depending on how how strict you are with your financial position, you may want uh, a, a, an account that sort of locks locks the funds away where you have to maybe go into a branch, which is obviously uh, a thing of the past these days. But 
you have to go through a few steps, maybe over a business day. So if you know you're <laughs> bad with your money on a weekend, you can't just access it then. So a bit, bit of restrictions on your own, sort of against yourself. Drunken transfer. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Drunk transfer, maybe, you know, you might like the punt or something like that. Or, you know, you just might, uh, or you might like uh, shopping or something like that. But something where you can sort of restrict it from yourself. But for the person, for, for the most people, uh, you want to basically just have something accessible that earns a bit of interest. Yeah, I think that um, point you make about making sure that it's not super easily accessible is important because for some people that find themselves in this position where you're unable to, have a or you haven't built a um, rainy day fund just yet like likelihood is you might have a, a potential spending problem um, that you, you haven't necessarily addressed or you, you you're finding it hard to do those savings so that idea of having it not accessible at the click of your fingers is um, I think an important one so there's often ones where people go it takes a couple of days to transfer back into your account so by then um, you know you might have decided oh, I don't need those funds anymore um i like the idea of an offset account for holding these funds if you've got a home mortgage so i think that can be a great idea that way you can park your funds somewhere that's easily accessible but also slashing the amount of interest that you pay on your home loan um but i think then again like that's very easily accessible so if you are someone that struggles with savings or struggles with saving um then potentially that's not going to be the best option you've got to weigh up what's going to work for you and look at look at your personal situation and go, am I a good saver? And if I'm not, what are the barriers I can put in place to accessing these funds? Mm-hmm. Um, Essentially, an offset account is a high-interest savings account because it's a, it's generally you're saving the interest on your mortgage, which is going to be higher than, than an interest rate available, and it's, it's tax-free. So generally, it does work, yeah. So an offset account is definitely the way to go if you've got a mortgage or maybe a redraw facility, but uh, just having those barriers if you are, uh, are not good with uh, your own finance, you know, restricting yourself from spending. Yeah, and I think one of the things at the moment that people are, obviously, we're in a record low interest rate environment, so probably people aren't necessarily that keen on holding too much cash, but it's important to note the benefits of the holding the cash and what it means for your overall financial strategy. Um, because you don't want to be throwing all those funds in an investment. Um, and then obviously, like, yeah, as I, as I mentioned before with COVID, you've seen that drop, you're having to be forced to sell um, and you ended up in a worse financial position. So whilst you're foregoing potential gains by being invested in growth, those that rainy day fund um, provides another benefit that's um, almost intangible in a way. Um, so when we're looking at this, how much do you think people should have in their emergency cash fund um, and how can people start to get towards saving this amount? I mean, uh, generally it depends who you talk to, but between six and 12 months, obviously the more the better. 12 months is obviously probably a good, good, good point to aim for. If you're starting out, you, don't, you want to sort of aim for three months, then six months until you get to 12. Nothing worse than having a, a goal that's really uh, outside what well, you, you really realistically can get to within a within a decent time frame. It really deflates you because you, you sort of work, you know, you're pushing the, feel like you're pushing the can down the, down the road. Um, so definitely three months and six months and then build 12 months. Obviously, you want to set your budget and work out what your expenses are down to the dollar. Because if you're in a position where you haven't got that that those cash reserves, that, that emergency account, you you but you 
you either you're spending more than you earn or your budget's way out. So work out where your expenses are. Allocate the surplus to the offset account, the high interest savings account that we were speaking to. Ensure that you leave a bit more because there's always going to be, thing, you know, the weekend where you go to the restaurant that you don't usually go, you know, go out to eat a bit because you feel, you know, might be a, a good weekend. You may, your footy team may have won or lost where you go to the pub a bit longer than you may have after the game. Um, there might be a birthday or a wedding present or, or uh, a cost that, you know, you didn't expect, especially, uh, not speaking for myself, but if you're in a relationship, there might be uh, your partner's got a, a wedding or something that you didn't have on your calendar, and that's something that might be an expense. So you always want to leave a little extra. The key thing is to make sure what's going into this account, this rainy day account, is stays there unless it's a, ma- a major expense that we spoke about initially. You, want, you don't want to be putting all your funds in and drawing out as you need it because that's where you know, you're going to lose sight of what, what's going in and out unless you're that strict on your, on your spreadsheet, on your, on your app, whatever you're using to track this. You want to make sure what you're putting in there is enough to put away. You've got, you've got your budget set. Then you've got some funds for that leeway. So that's where I would start. Yeah, I think 12 months is... Ideal. Some people don't like holding that much cash, as I said before, but I think the six, that six to 12 months is a good idea because if it's 12 months, you're going to be able to pretty much see out a majority of situations um, that are going to come your way. So if you can have 12 months of available cash sitting there, like that's great. And as you said, it's not going to be necessarily doable for everyone at the start. So if you start by those smaller goals, um, makes it easier to kind of see the light, I guess, and see how close you are to getting to that. Um I think what you said there is, is perfect, using a cash flow or budgeting tool. So this can be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet. But if you are someone that has struggled to get savings into place, like usually it's a cash flow uh, management problem. So you need to go, all right, what am I spending? And that's why I love those tools that link in with your credit card, link in with your bank account, because um, you can kind of see, all right, I've spent X amount in this particular area. So on entertainment or on Uber Eats or something like that. And you go, wow, hang on, that's way more than what... Mm. I thought I was spending, or I had no idea I was spending that much a month. So I can kind of do that shock you into going, okay, I need, something nah. needs to change. Um, that's why I think it's good. Like once you've got a good grasp on that, I like automation. Like I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of anything automated. So like my investments go out the day I get paid. So money flies into all my different accounts. Um, so that then I don't see it in the spending account at all, pretty much. Um, yep. So that can be a good way. Like I find that that's, easiest like the less actual manual stuff that you have to do um and your human feelings and emotions and everything gets in the way um the better because yeah as humans where we tend to go oh maybe you know what what, i wouldn't mind an extra 150 bucks this fortnight or whatever so you'll transfer less but potentially and then it just starts to compound and go from there um so that's why i love the automating side of it um is there any little tips and tricks that you've used with clients or you've used yourself um, to build up your savings? Uh, myself, generally, when I've had to allocate funds uh, somewhere like yourself, have it automated where it comes out before you see it. And that's where uh, even that can take you right through to retirement. And that's where salary sacrifice is good, where it's taken out pre-tax, If you're, depending on if you're an employee. Um, it's pre-tax, it's taken out, it's put into an account that you definitely don't see until it's accessible um, to spend, I should say. Uh, definitely you want to have it set up because a lot of the people, if you haven't got this set up, 
there's probably probably if you're honest with yourself, you haven't been good with your finances, um, or you've just been lazy. So generally have it set up from from the time your your cash flow comes in, uh, your pay comes in, going to different areas. Other other with clients, it just depends on the client. Some you know, it's some need a bit more close closer attention, and you need to go hmm. through each each little spend. I've had clients where one client paid me and. You know, a server for a service just to make sure she budgeted right and wanted me to go through every expense. And you know, that's that's where a financial planner can help as well. Um, others, you know, they you can just see the easiest thing. This is what comes in. This is what's uh, this is what's in my savings account or my offset account. After bills, you can see what if the savings is going up or down. It's a bit more bit more easier to work out. But it just depends on client to client but as i said if you're in a position where you haven't got this set up what we've said is you know just make sure it's you don't have to think about it too much otherwise too much room for error yeah definitely i think the point you made before too about making sure that you're not utilizing the emergency fund for miscellaneous expenses is an important one too so setting some rules at the start i read somewhere um today that that's an important part which i thought was quite a good point of have some rules of going all right this is where you can access the rainy day fund, and here's where you can't. Um, and then looking at things like, you know, um, fee-free credit cards and things like that to get you past that, obviously making sure that you can repay it and you're not then building, you know, a bad debt for yourself. But those are something that um, whilst you're starting out, can, you can potentially use as a tool um, to get you to that stage, just making sure that obviously you're not um, chucking everything on the credit card and then building a bigger problem for yourself later on. But there's different options available there. Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for today's episode, unless you had anything else to add on the topic, Anthony. I just thought of one other trick. I mean, this is more for when I used to aim for a holiday. I used to put pictures next to my, uh, in where my workspace, the place I was going. The, the place I was going and there was a, it was a quadrant of four places around Europe that I wanted to go, go to. And that's something where, you know, it's really in front of mind and that works for me. It's not, you know, for some people might seem, seem a waste of time, but, you know, you know, I'm not looking at it every day, but it's there and you sort of, you glance at it and it's, it keeps your eye on the ball. With this, I mean, it's hard to get a picture of maybe just you sitting with no stress, a picture of yourself happy, you know, something that can keep you motivated to stay on that goal. So some sometimes the visual works for a lot of people and I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. But oh, yeah, well, that's about constantly it. work it back to your why. Constantly working back to you, why, why are you doing this? Um, think about why yeah. and try and get those short-term pleasures um, out for the long-term long-term gains. Um, oh, that pretty much wraps us up then. So thank you very much, Anthony, for joining us today. Hopefully we'll have Pete back next week. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely missed. <laughs> uh, so as always, if you've got any questions, email us at connectopicarda.com.au or hit us up on any of our socials. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Anthony. Say that.